0: Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church.
1: Thanksgiving. How many of you guys like corny sermons about thankfulness? Anybody? I told Jim, I said, when I was preparing for this, I'm like, I'm not going to do one of those, you know, corny sermons about thankfulness. But then as I was pressing into the Lord, I actually felt him give me a specific word for you. And we're going to have a little bit of fun tonight because I'm actually going to get you to participate. Does that sound good? Okay, cool. You're probably wondering, what in the world is this nutcase doing? So here's the thing. I came up with not an extensive list by any means, but three things that thankfulness does. And here's what I wanna bring to your attention. We live in an ungrateful world. And you guys are probably like, wait, we do? I struggle with this every day with contentment because it's that idea of how do you balance contentment with ambition, right? How do you stay and remain content while pursuing the things that God's, hopefully God has put in front of you. How do you discern between God-given goals that you want to achieve and things that are just simply from the flesh? And I'll tell you this, that thankfulness will guard us from stepping into the flesh and out of the spirit, out of the life of the spirit. Do you guys follow what I'm saying? Because God wants us to be ambitious. In fact, when Jesus was telling his disciples about fruitfulness, he said that the one that bore the most fruit, he was very glad about that fruitfulness. God loves fruitfulness. God told Adam and Eve in the garden, hey, go be fruitful and multiply. He loves fruitfulness. But see, the thing is, when we stop being thankful and we we start simply pursuing goals or outcomes, we can easily enter into the realm of greed, which comes from the flesh. It's not of the spirit. So here's three things that thankfulness does. Number one, it protects us from impurity. Now, you might think, well, that's kind of a weird thing. Trust me when I say this as I fold this piece of paper neatly The Bible says in Ephesians, But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should you be obscene, or should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. You see... Gratitude and greed cannot coexist. If you have a struggle with greediness or covetousness or you just never feel like there's enough and you always want what someone else has, you're always judging whether or not that person deserves what they have or if you, should, if you deserve it instead, you may have a problem with covetousness or greed. But see, And that is really a gateway and a doorway to all kinds of perversion, because then if you don't get what you want, it's easy to start doing things that you shouldn't be doing to get the things that you want, that you think you want. But you see, thankfulness, when your heart is overflowing with gratitude and thankfulness, it makes no room for greed and covetousness. How many of you guys feel a little weird when you know you feel not so great on a particular day, but you're choosing to give thanks anyway, like giving thanks in the middle of difficulty. How many of you guys feel weird when you do that? I feel a little strange because it almost feels fake, like the whole fake it till you make it idea. But here's the thing, when you're speaking out truth with a heart of gratefulness, is the truth still true or is it false in that moment? It's still true. And that's one of the reasons that we practice Thanksgiving is it's not just, we're not just trying to bend our minds around so that we can feel better. We're trying to take our mind and bend it around the truth. Do you feel what I'm saying? To get our life, I can remember there were times where I was out leading a team in Mexico. I think I was 20, not qualified to lead a team probably. I had 29 people relying on me every day for two months. And I can remember some days, there were some hard days. And one of the things that saved me is I didn't even know what to pray in some of those scenarios. But what I did know to do is to pray the scripture because somebody had taught me that before. And so I'd get up in the morning and when I would not know how to pray, my, I didn't necessarily want to even open my mouth and be like, thank you, God. I just, but I'd start reading the scripture out loud, out, out loud and it would give me a structure with which to attack the thing that was plaguing me that day, and exalt Jesus in the middle of the difficulty. You see, thankfulness in difficulty and abundant gratitude and lack can help crack open the door in your life. And oftentimes, I think, I know for myself, I have missed seasons of bounty because I have not been willing to fight with the weapon of gratitude. Gratitude. So I'd wake up in the morning and I would read those scriptures and I'd read them and I'd read them. Sometimes I would take 45 minutes until I would sense the breakthrough in the spiritual realm where I could say, ingratitude has no hold on me today. I'm going to step out there and I'm probably going to stink at this, but I'm going to do my very best. And what it also taught me is that my life, the thing that I was living for, wasn't for my team. It wasn't for the organization I was working for. I was living my life for Jesus. And so whether I felt great or I didn't or whether I succeeded or I didn't, whether I had abundance or I didn't, my life was meant to be worship unto Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Because there's this false belief in our lives that really we think if you're following Jesus, you never have difficulty. Now come on. Don't look at me like that. I can see you. We maybe would never say that, but we act like that when difficulty happens to us and we're like, what in the world? Well, it's something to be grateful for. Isn't it crazy that the Bible says that we should be thankful in all circumstances? I don't know about you, but that's kind of difficult to do. I'm really trying not to cut my finger, by the way. You see, in, the, in life, we have times when God cuts us and folds us, and it's difficult to understand what he is doing. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He says, gratitude looks to the past. Love looks to the present. Fear, greed, lust, and ambition, we'll say selfish ambition, look ahead. And I think during this season of Thanksgiving, it's important for us to remember that we have a history with a miracle-making God, that we have a history with a God who knows how to overcome difficult circumstances for you and on your behalf and through you for others. God is able. Here's another thing that thankfulness does. It uplifts the heart. Listen to the words of David when he says this. He says from Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? That's encouraging. You see, he was in a very difficult situation here. And yet he says, how long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say... I have prevailed over him, and lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Time and time again, we see David go down this road of, why God, why, why is this so difficult? And then he reminds himself of his past and his history with God, and then he comes out singing praises unto the Lord. Do you guys notice that? In fact, elsewhere, David says things like, my soul, and this is while he was running away from his son Absalom, he's like hiding in the desert because his son wanted to kill him and take the throne. He says, Yet my soul will be satisfied in you as with choice foods, and my mouth will praise you. In fact, maybe you didn't even realize this, but some of your most favorite psalms to read and read out loud were written by David during some of the most crushing periods of his life. Now, here's the thing. We need God's grace to go through difficulty. Can I get an amen? It's not easy going through difficulty, and oftentimes it's easier just to say, I think I'm going to avoid that and go the other direction. But when we carry the spirit of gratitude and we let it flow out of our lips and write it down in journals and tell the testimonies to others around us, it starts to fuel our ability to stay near to Jesus and walk with Him so that He can do what He wants to do. Can I get an amen? While I cut one more time here. And I don't know who this is for in here tonight. But I specifically felt to do this. What I'm going to show you here in a moment. I feel like God is wanting to encourage you and say. That what you think is loss. Is actually gain. You need to trust me. Let me say it again. What you think is loss is actually gain. You need to trust me. Do you trust me today? Do you trust me today? I'll tell you one other thing that an attitude of thanksgiving does in your life. It makes you a more enjoyable person to be around. This is just common sense, but I want to say, God may need to use you to be an encouragement to someone else, through your attitude of gratitude that flows out of your heart. And I'm not talking about the fake stuff. I mean that you are genuinely grateful when the server brings your food. And maybe it's not exactly how you order, but you're like, thank you. Thank you for working. Thank you for doing this. You thank your children when they do the things that you've asked them to do and sometimes do them without you asking them to do. You thank your spouse for not throwing his underwear on the floor today, even though he did yesterday. You, you overflow and let the abundance of gratitude come out of your heart, verbally, with other people. And here's the thing, it's easier to do that in public if you do that in private with God. If your prayer life is full of God, why don't you do this, and, and this, and, and acting like a ninny, with him, it's gonna be very difficult to authentically express gratitude to other people. You guys like how I slipped in that, that word, ninny? It's one of my favorites, my kids are like, why do you say that? But man, we are kingdom people and we have a ton to be grateful for. When we're in difficulty and we have gratitude flown out of our life, it is a testimony to the goodness of God. Because people will look at you and say, how in the world Are they walking like that when they're doing this because if that was me? You guys know the story, right? It is an opportunity that doesn't come along all the time when you're in difficulty to be able to instead turn it and make it worship unto Jesus. It is literally an incense in his throne when you give thanks in difficulty. And so you know this. You guys are probably gonna be really impressed with me here. In faith, when we are in difficulty, we can apply our faith to know that the thing that feels like loss is actually gain. And God is making beauty from your difficulty. That's the one I was cutting. This is one I made at home. (laughs) Let's be real. I can't cut a snowflake while I'm preaching. But here's the thing. I know it's corny. But every time that you see a snowflake fly, or maybe your kids or your grandkids are cutting up paper, making a mess, I want you to remember this, that your life, like a folded piece of paper, doesn't always make sense. Sometimes you cannot and will not be able to see the full picture. In fact, there are snowflakes in your life that will be unfolded after you are in heaven. You may never know why. But know this, God doesn't waste anything. And now while you live this life in the flesh is your opportunity to, in the midst of God doing the folding and the cutting and the life crushing you sometimes, is an opportunity to say, be yielded and say, God, do whatever you want. An attitude that is thankful is one that submits under the pruning knife of God. It produces a yieldedness in your soul that God wants from His disciples. For Him to be able to say, It's time for you to leave what you knew and step into what you don't know. It's time for you to start doing this. I know you're afraid. Step out afraid. It's time for you to trust me for the courage to confess this to your spouse or confess this to your friend. It's time for you to walk in the light. It's time for you to stand up for what is right in that situation. It's difficult, but that attitude of thankfulness, when you produce that and you bring that out willingly as worship to God, it is a fragrant offering to him, but it also gives you the power to go through so that you can get to the beautiful side of what God is doing. Now, I'm going to have you guys join me here. We're going to do a special responsive reading for Thanksgiving, and I'm going to invite you, you're going to be reading some scripture out loud and some prayers out loud with me, and we're going to take turns. I'm going to read, then you're going to read out loud together, then I'm going to read, and then you're going to read out loud together. So what I want to invite you to do is just stand up to your feet with me as a sign and a declaration before God that you trust him and you know that he is good. And just to warn you, this is four pages, okay? You guys with me? Exercise your jaw a little bit. And God saw everything that he made and behold, It was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Let's read this together. Lord God, our hearts overflow with gratitude. Thank you for life. It is such a beautiful gift. Father, it is clear to us that when we choose to go our own way, we end up in darkness and despair. Mature us, Lord. Teach us to stay close to you. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows, and you find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows, you find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, I could, you let me catch my breath and you lead me in the right direction. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows and find quiet pools for me to drink from. I think this is not quite correct. You receive my drooping head and my cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Join me in this. Yes, Lord, we agree with your word. You are our good shepherd. You lead us and have everything we need for each day. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Join me. You, God, were not content to leave us in our sin and filth, so you came and made your home with us. You are the one who was and is and is to come. Your light shines brightly in the darkness and the darkness will never overcome it. Let your light shine in and through us. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The Lord is our strength and shield. Our hearts trust in him, and we are helped. Our hearts leap for joy, and we give thanks to him in song. We will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness, and we will sing praises to the name of the Lord most high. So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will for God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Join me. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name, not forgetting to do good and to share with others, for which with such sacrifices God is pleased. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory of our Lord through our Lord Jesus Christ, Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever, amen. Thanks be to our God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for your everlasting kindness toward us. Jesus, thank you for the gift of your life on the cross you open the way back into a relationship with you. And Holy Spirit, teach us to walk humbly and to love the things you love, modeling the Father's heart to everyone we meet and declaring your gospel everywhere in everything we do and say. And everyone said, amen. Amen. As we prepare our hearts to take communion together, I just want you to have that seed of thankfulness planted deep in your heart tonight, that God is with you and he is for you and he is always faithful to his word. Pastor Jim.
0: 1 Corinthians 11, 13, 11, 23 through 26, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Paul received this direct revelation from God, for he was not there on the night of Jesus was betrayed. A couple of things to acknowledge in this scripture is first, Paul received this revelation directly from God. Receiving Jesus by revelation is not an isolated event that it only happens to Paul. Each of us who have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior has received a revelation of Jesus. Paul received his on the road to Damascus. Peter received his at the foot of the, of the mountain. Each of you who have given your hearts and minds and lives to Jesus have received the revelation of Jesus. Therefore, each of you can hear God, and know God, and follow after Him, because He loves you, and He's called you close. John, in his Gospel, tells us that as many as received Jesus as the true light of the world, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. So for each of us who believe in the name of Jesus, who have received Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God, the living God, the true light of the world, we have received the revelation from God's Holy Spirit that we are sons and daughters of God. A second observation of this scripture passage is that Paul declares that Jesus spoke to him of this night as the night he was betrayed. We call it the Last Supper. Jesus called it the night he was betrayed. According to scriptures, Jesus was, was betrayed by his close friend and disciple, Judas. In reality, each of us have betrayed Jesus. Each of us have gone our own way, followed our own hearts, our own desires, our own will, and therefore each of us have betrayed the love and mercy and goodness of God. And for that fact, the reason Jesus gave, is the reason why Jesus gave up equality with God to become a human, because being both fully man and fully God, Jesus was the only one who could bridge the gap between us and God. Each of us are created in God's image and likeness to bear the image and likeness of God to the world that He's placed us, and it is His desire that you walk redeemed, cleansed, sanctified, forgiven, renewed, given a new life that you are fully and wholly acceptable as a son and a daughter of the living God, adopted into the family of God, the brother and sister of Jesus. Each of us are that person. And therefore, that is why we are instructed to remember when we partake of the bread and the cup. So if you'll open this up and take the cracker. We are instructed by Paul at the behest of Jesus to remember that Jesus broke his body so that we may be healed. To remember that Jesus poured out his blood so that we might be cleansed. To remember that Jesus and Jesus alone is the door to eternal life. To remember that each one of us were and are in need of a savior. And indeed, each one of us, God has called to himself. Therefore, let us partake of this cracker as a symbol of the broken body of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten son. We thank you, Jesus, that you willingly said yes to the Father when you said Thy will be done. And let us partake of the cup, which is the symbol of the blood of Jesus, poured out for each of us. Thank you, Jesus, that your final words on the cross were, it is finished. Thank you, Jesus, that we are cleansed, redeemed, made whole, made new by the washing of the blood of Jesus. Father, we receive these elements not only in remembrance of what you did, but also in anticipation of what you're going to do. Lord Jesus, we look forward to your return. Grant us the renewal of your grace in each one of our lives, that we may walk in obedience to your call and plan and purpose. Fill us anew and afresh with your presence, Lord God, that in all things and at all times Jesus be glorified. We thank you, Lord God, that you see us as righteous and holy and fully acceptable. Grant us the grace to look upon one another with your eyes. We bless you. We thank you. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, brothers and sisters. May you enjoy your time of Thanksgiving.